0: Hello and welcome to this video where we're starting a series on the problem of evil. Today we're starting off with the logical problem of evil and we're going to be introducing you to what it is, its goals, and also how it has developed over time. So first of all, what is the logical problem of evil? Unlike the evidential problem of evil or the pastoral existential problem of evil, the logical problem of evil attempts to demonstrate the incompatibility between God and evil is an a priori argument, which means that instead of relying on evidence or experience, it is attempting to, via pure reason alone, demonstrate the formal inconsistency of the two ideas. To illustrate, imagine I have this pin and I have this handle. If you're looking at this from an a posteriori argument or an inductive argument, you may, for example, look at this and say, well, from my experience, it is most likely that these two things cannot exist at the same time. Assume the handle or this pin is evil and this handle is God. You might say, well, it might be unlikely for both of these to exist in the same world, but they could exist. The logical problem of evil, however, says something completely different. It's not saying, well, due to my experience, there might be some inconsistency or there might be some problem with this. It is saying that based on reason alone, evil and God are completely inconsistent and cannot exist in the same world. So if the pin exists, then that means a handle cannot exist. If the handle exists, that means a pin cannot exist. So that is the approach of the logical problem of evil. That's why people call it the a priori argument. That's why people call it the deductive argument. Because if the premises of the argument work, then it follows from those premises that the conclusion must hold. So with that in mind about what the logical problem of evil is, what are some of the formulations of the logical problem of evil? The logical problem of evil is originally attributed by Hume to Epicurus, who comes along with this banger of a phrase which says evil can only be explained by a non-all-powerful god, or can only be explained by a god who wasn't good enough to think that evil was worth eliminating. So as you can see from this original presentation, what Epicurus is arguing, or at least what Hume is attributing to Epicurus, who is arguing, is saying that either god cannot be all good because then evil would not exist or he cannot be all-powerful because if he was all-powerful he would er- eradicate that evil. So as a result what is being presented here is not something based on well all right there might be evil or there might not be a God or these things are somewhat improbable if put together but rather he's just saying well all right if evil exists then one of these properties that we normally attribute to God is incorrect. So if we're going to formalize it a bit more, we could put it in a proof from contradiction. So the proof of contradiction could come along the lines of something like this. So premise one, God is all good and all powerful. Premise two, if God is all good and all powerful, then evil would not exist. Premise three, evil exists, therefore... Premise four, via Modus Tollens, you would say God is not all good and all powerful. But since one and four are contradictory, because you can't have the proposition God is all good and all powerful alongside the proposition that God is not all good and not all powerful, then you have a contradiction. Hence, God does not exist. That would be the proof from contradiction, which would be presented from Hume's or Epicurus' argument. However, a lot of philosophers have looked at that and said, well, such a presentation is not strong enough. In some sense, yes, you could say those arguments seem to follow from each other. However, they don't follow completely. There seems to be an area where you don't really get exactly from the first premises that god is all good and all powerful to the idea that then evil will not exist that seems somewhat unjustified at least in a modus ponens sense it doesn't seem to exactly follow in an a priori sense of course a posteriori someone who might have an experience of god might say well the god that i experience might not allow for might not allow for evil to exist but that is kind of separate from the a priori situation the the pre-experienced situation so as a result a philosopher, an Australian philosopher called J.L. Mackey comes up with the idea that there's, there has to be one additional premise added to that argument. So instead of going through those arguments just as from one to five, he then adds an extra premise which says if something is good, they will try to eliminate evil at all possible situ- situations. And if you grant that premise, so I'll put that up on the screen again, then it would seem to follow that now you have a deductively valid argument such that if every single premise is correct, then that means the conclusion must follow that God does not exist. So you then notice that we have two distinct formulations of the problem of evil or the logical problem of evil, which if the premises hold, then the conclusion must follow. So if you've been enjoying this video so far and want to learn more or see my notes on this video, then check out www.josh yen.com i'll put a link to that in the description below so you can go check it out and also if you do enjoy this video and want to stay tuned to the next videos on this channel where we're going to be covering other aspects of the problem of evil then make sure to like and subscribe and also hit the bell notification so you stay up to date with all the uploads but those are not the only formulations of the problem of evil another formulation or approach the logical problem of evil is not to say that god and evil is intri- intrinsically inconsistent what they might say, however, is that God and a specific form of evil is inconsistent. So while, while the previous argument that we're talking about, the generic form or Mackie's form, is talking about the big concept of evil, no evil can exist, another formulation could say, well, yes, some evil can exist logically with God, but at the same time, certain specific evils might not be able to exist. So, for example, an idea of this or a reformulation of this might be, let's just take, for example, the Holocaust, and you might say, well, all right, God is all-good and all-powerful. If God is all-good and all-powerful, the Holocaust would not exist. And, of course, you'll add the Mackie's contribution by saying an all-good and all-powerful being would remove the Holocaust in every possible world. But the Holocaust existed, and then, of course, the argument would then follow as such. Now, of course, this argument is a bit different, so that would mean that a response to the, that uh, new formulation, of the problem of evil, is not a direct response to the prior formulation, but rather instead of just saying, well, okay, there could be one possible world, and of course this is a spoiler of the free will defense, but there is, instead of responding by just saying, well, there is one possible world in which evil and, and God exist in the same time, What you now need to say is there is one possible world in which that specific type of evil coexists with that specific God in a possible world. So as you can see, the argument is formulated a bit different. Now, with that in mind, let's move on to the final part of this video, which I want to stress that the logical problem of evil should not be conflated with the pastoral problem of evil in the sense that what we're talking about here is purely is purely conceptual. When I'm talking about evil, when I'm talking about God, I'm not talking about these from a personal landscape. I'm not talking about an individual's religious experience with God, and I'm not talking about someone's individual experience with Evil, For example, if someone's child dies of cancer or whatever, things like that, or maybe the Holocaust happens and I'm talking to a Jew who's just escaped Auschwitz or something like that, I'm not going to be saying, all right, we're going to be talking about your evil as a conceptual, impersonal problem in comparison to your your worldview that you're experiencing right now, or the situations you're experiencing right now. I'm not caring about that side of the thing, although it's important that we recognize it. It's also important to recognize that when we're talking about the logical problem of evil, the proponent, a theologian, is not responding or presenting a case of emotions or personal experience. They're merely talking about these as conceptual ideas. Can the abstract evil be co co coexisting with an abstract kind of God. Is that possible? In that sense, it's a priori. It's deductive. It's not based on our current experiences or our personal relationship with evil or God. So I hope you've enjoyed this summary of the logical problem of evil. I hope you found it helpful. If you found it helpful, as I've said, make sure to like and subscribe. And if you'd like to support our mission of providing accessible philosophical content to the world, then go check out our Patreon in the link below. You can sign up from prices as low as £1 a month and it will really help us out a lot. It really mean a lot to me if you can go show your support there. Stay safe, my friends. See you soon. Thank you for watching. And let me know your thoughts in the comments below. What are your takes on the problem of evil? And of course, stay tuned for the next video where I'll be talking about the evidential problem of evil. Stay safe, my friends. See you soon. Thank you for watching. God bless and goodbye. I'll see you next one.